Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Nineteen years old. Bukayo Saka step up and take huge responsibility on his young shoulders. Saka has to score. It's saved by Donnarumma, and it's Italy who are the champions of Europe. This is Arsecast Extra. Hello and welcome to an extra little Arsecast Extra. As promised yesterday, James and I are going to talk about the final of Euro 2020, which took place last night at Wembley Stadium. England beaten on penalties by Italy. James, you were there. Badly morning to you. Commiserations, Mm. etc., etc. How are you feeling? Thank you. I mean, I'm feeling... Uh, pretty bad. I mean, physically, certainly pretty bad. Yeah, um, it is early in the morning. Yeah, it emotionally, quite bad too. I mm. mean, I guess as an Arsenal supporter wow. and an England fan, it kind of ended in the in the worst way imaginable. That was a double um, whammy, wasn't it? That, Jesus. It was, yeah. yeah. So, I guess I sort of think, I am very conscious of how big an opportunity this was for England. Mm. Um, you know, in, in terms of the way the draw opened up for them, in terms of having the final on home territory and all their other games on home territory bar one, this doesn't come around too often. So mm. as much as I think there's going to be tremendous pride at the the way the team played and their general conduct, I think um, this definitely is an opportunity missed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my main feelings this morning really are with Bukayo Saka and just hoping that he isn't shouldering too much burden for this, you know, because ultimately he was one of three players who missed during the shootout. And if that happens, you're always going to be in trouble. Yeah, look, you know, it's just... It was heartbreaking, actually, last night to see him be the one who missed the decisive penalty. I really... You know, this sounds like a really weird and horrible thing to say, but I... Uh, and, and England fans, and you can forgive me for this, but in the circumstances, I really wish Jorginho had scored. Do you know mm. what I mean when I say that? I mean, mm. it's not so much that, you know, to celebrate an Italian victory, but had Italy won the penalty shootout with a penalty from a guy who takes penalties and scores penalties all the time, it wouldn't have been pleasant. Of course it wouldn't, but it would have stopped this, this, I guess, traumatic thing happening to Bukayo Saka. And maybe we'll come back to that and we'll come back to the penalty shootout in, in a minute but just sort of thoughts on uh, <clears throat> the game overall because obviously it started really well for England and you can correct me if uh, you think I'm wrong here but I, I feel like uh, people are going to have regrets over a penalty shootout because it feels like something that's uh, in a complicated game something that's relatively simple you score mm. a penalty you win the game or, or however it might go but that opening 20, 25 minutes or so, I feel, as a neutral anyway, 
are the thing that England and England fans might regret the most because an early goal from Luke Shaw and a very nice goal it was as well. And Italy, I think, were rattled and they were open and there was space for for England to attack and space uh, and an opportunity maybe to to really take control of the game in those opening stages, which didn't happen. And by the 30th minute, England were sitting with every single man behind the ball, like a team mm-hmm. that used to come to the Emirates when Arsenal were in their pump and they'd sit and they'd defend. And I, I get the the reason why to an extent. But it really feels like England didn't make the most of the opportunity they had in the early stages of the game to 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 genuinely get on top of Italy. Yeah, I think that's I think that is true, and there is a sense in which England probably approached this a bit too cautiously. Mm. It's tricky because he picked three at the back, and he you know went with the wing backs, and they scored the opening goal with a cross from one wing back to, to find the, the other. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's difficult to be too critical of the system in that respect, but what I can't quite figure out is whether England um, simply chose not to press home their advantage or weren't really capable. I mean, you know, Italy, I agree with you, they wobbled a bit, but England, I think, didn't actually have another shot in that half after Mm. the first two minutes or whatever it was. You know, since they scored, I don't think they, they managed another shot on goal. Um, and there were a couple of instances where they kind of got in behind and looked dangerous. But I basically feel that over the course of the 90 minutes, Italy took a bit of a stranglehold of the game. Um, I think they were actually the better team and probably yeah. the deserved winners um, of the tournament and the match. But yeah, I, it's really tricky with England. I feel like if they had gone at Italy, if they'd run at Italy, if they, you know, we saw what mm. Kaisaka did when he came off the field, came on the field to Chiellini. Um, I think that may have been a more fruitful way for England to go. But with the personnel they had out there, you know, they had a front three of Kane, um, Mount, and Sterling. And I think you know, while Sterling is a very dynamic player, the other two are very tidy, but maybe the kinds of players that Italy are maybe more accustomed to mm. dealing with and more content to deal with. So, yeah, I, I, I think um, there was a lot of frustration in the ground, certainly, of kind of England maybe being a bit negative on the day. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's reminiscent in some ways of Euro 96 when England went out against Germany where they scored a very early goal, but then almost didn't seem to know what to do with that lead. And ultimately the feeling I kept having watching it is you can't really defend like this for 88 minutes. It's going to break eventually. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was 88 minutes. I think it took some time for Italy to get back into it. I don't think Italy played that well, particularly in the first half. I think in the second half, they definitely came out and and took control of the game. And you could see in terms of possession, in terms of the amount of shots uh, that both sides had, Italy were well on top. But in that first half, I just feel like there was an opportunity there. And Southgate, there's an element of the handbrake being on. You know what I mean? The mm. the three at the back, the wing backs, it felt a bit Arsenal in a way, you know, in, in the sense that you have these talented players uh, and potentially dangerous players in your front three, although I don't really understand how Mason Mount stayed on the pitch for as long as he did. He was really poor. Um but not quite enough to connect 
to them, if you know what I mean, particularly when you have Rice and when you have Phillips, um, who are hardworking, but, you know, don't necessarily provide that, that midfield spark. And on a night when I think Italy's midfield wasn't quite up to what it, it has been at other times mm. in the tournament, you know, Jorginho was injured and I think he played within himself, um, you know, for the 120 minutes compared to some of the performances we've seen in the past. It, it, feels like to me it just feels like an opportunity lost that there is such talent in this England squad when you look at the bench and you've got uh, Sancho you've got Rashford you've got Saka on the bench Uh, I know Phil Foden was missing but you know uh, there are other players on that bench who could have provided a bit of spark to England and I find it some in some ways a little difficult to to marry Gareth Southgate's cautiousness with some of the other decisions that he made. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like being okay, I don't I don't think you necessarily choose to be as defensive as that, but some will say it's a risk to go hell for leather at a team like Italy, but it's also a risk to play as deep as you do and sit there for sixty minutes and and try not to concede against a team like Italy which can score, you know? That in itself is inherently risky, right? So the caution mm. doesn't quite match up. Similarly, here's a guy who has obviously got a fairly cautious element to the way that he approaches games, and he brings on two players in the 128th or the 118th minute who've barely played all tournament. They come in cold to a game like this simply to take a penalty. And obviously it's something they've worked on on the training ground and they've prepared for the scenario. But that in itself is risky, no? To bring in two guys who are cold to take a penalty in such a pressure environment. Yeah. I mean, he made big calls with the penalties. Just on the three at the back thing, I mean, he he did it, Southgate did it against Germany, Mm. but that was to match them up. And it worked very well. Obviously, against Italy, it wasn't a direct match-up. So I don't think he needed it necessarily. And I think when he switched to four at the back, maybe that was an extra time. My head's Mm. still slightly blurry from the game. But I think uh, England had more success and looked more dangerous. I think his his choices, and he took full responsibility for the choices on the penalties. He didn't say, this player volunteered or that player volunteered. Are sort of psychologically um, interesting. Oh, hang on, sorry, someone's ring rung my doorbell. Actually, okay, Did you with me. A yeah, of course. I don't think this is the uh, the appropriate podcast for the doorbell music, though. To be honest, so we'll just wait and see what happens here. Hello, hello. Sorry, I was just talking about the um, the penalties themselves and. You know, the, the question that every Arsenal fan will have is why Saka? But mm. I also think it's the question every Arsenal, Arsenal fan should sort of be able to answer relatively easily in that he is a player who is characterised almost primarily by his complete absence of fear. Mm. And I wonder if that was why he was chosen for that position. I mean, I must admit, when he walked up, I was really shocked. But... Uh, I just wonder if Southgate felt that someone who was kind of unencumbered mm. by the history um, of England in penalty shootouts and also uh, who sort of, you know, who, for whom it wasn't their last chance in some ways sure. was maybe better was maybe better suited. I'm not saying that's right, but I presume that's what he was thinking. Yeah, I mean, 
when you look at what Bukayo Saka has done in his relatively short career so far, I think you're right to, to say that this is, um, you know, him taking the penalty or being willing to take the penalty, stepping up and taking responsibility is something we as Arsenal fans can 100% mm. understand because he has done that literally from the moment he made his breakthrough into the first team. You're right to say he is somebody who... Uh, plays without fear. He plays with a confidence. He's willing to um, to take on the burden of, you know, carrying a team like Arsenal at certain points last season, where uh, at times he he felt like the only positive thing we had going for us. You know, mm. senior mm. players, um, you know, who who weren't playing as well as they should have, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Saka was there. He was the one who who helped take games by the scruff of the neck. He was the one who tried to make things happen. He was the one, you know, who who. Yeah, just took responsibility. And I think that was evident last night in his willingness to take that penalty. And, you know, I'm not here to, I don't think either of us are here to sort of uh, call somebody else out or call other people out. But, you know, there are and were more senior players in that England squad who were available to take penalties last night who didn't. And it's a personal thing. And you might feel maybe... You know, if you don't feel confident, the best thing is not to take a penalty. But also when you're a senior player, when you've got experience, when you've been there and done that at the top level, season after season, uh, you know, there is an element of, well, you're putting a lot of burden on a on a young guy, on a 19-year-old who, as far as I'm aware, has never taken a penalty in a, in a game before. Yeah, that's true. But then I think, for to a certain extent, for Saka, that's kind of the cost of his... Ability. I mean, you mm. know, Southgate said they worked on penalties and they picked the guys who were the best. And he is one of the best at pretty much everything he does on a football field. And unfortunately, that means sometimes you're going to be in a really difficult position. I mean, I agree with you. I think that I was surprised by the order of the penalty takers and a little surprised by Saka's inclusion um, and devastated for him with the way it played out because... Mm. You know, there was so much pressure on him at that point. He had to score for England to stay in the game. And it's worth saying, you know, the two players who were brought on specifically to take penalties missed. I Mm. mean, that's kind of fascinating in itself. Um, You know, how difficult is it? How much pressure does that apply when you're brought on? I mean, Marcus Rashford played right back for 30 seconds or Mm. a minute at the end of extra time just so he could take a penalty and then goes and hits the post. And you sort of feel like, I don't know. It's it's difficult to figure, you know, it's difficult to be, well, that's why he missed. Um, yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, I think it does add a degree of pressure to know, you know, I've been brought on specifically for this task. You look at someone like Harry Maguire, not by any means someone who you would necessarily think is the most competent penalty taker, but really took his kick with absolute <laughs> conviction. Buried that one, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of wonder, of course you wonder, could John Stones have done that? You know, or Raheem or Sterling similar. or Grealish, you know, and and again, it's not to sort of point fingers or, or, or blame, but, you know, these are guys who have a lot more experience than, than Bakayo yeah. Saka, who, you know, I, yeah, sometimes players just don't feel it. I, I, I understand that, but. Uh, yeah, and maybe and, it's an I, element I mean, of feeling. It afterwards, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, maybe it's an element of feeling protective of Saka of and, and, you know, a player we all care for and love and 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 want to see do well and, and worry about, you know, now you worry about the impact this might have on him. So how, how do you think, 
How do you think it's going to play out for him? Because, look, we spoke, didn't we, before the tournament about would it be better for him not to go mm-hmm. and rest and recuperate after a long season, et cetera, et cetera. We could all see the benefit of that. And then when he was named, we spoke about, well, this could be a really positive thing for him, you know, to be part of a major tournament, to experience, you know, all the aspects of being at a major tournament. It could be a really positive thing for him. And now we're here worried that what what has happened to him in the tournament might be traumatic or it might uh, have a negative impact on him. Um, I mean, there is there is a lot to be learned from adversity and difficult moments. And, and I think in many ways, a lot of top footballers and sports people take uh, can grow from the difficult moments, the most difficult moments that they endure and go through, they can become formative in a way. And I think just my feeling, you know, from what little we know of Bukayo Saka's family, they seem to be, you know, um, really supportive, like most families. Of course, it feels, feels redundant even just to say that. But, you know, he seems like a well-grounded young man who will have the support that he requires, not just from his own family, but from within the club as well. And I think as a as a as a person he feels to me like somebody who who could in time obviously feeling disconsolate this morning he could um take what has happened in this tournament and make sure that it is something that that um develops him in a, in a positive way as a footballer yeah i mean as much as it was kind of my worst case scenario and as much as i was as much as he was clearly devastated last night, as mm. much as I felt for him, this morning I don't feel especially worried for him. I think that he's such a level-headed guy, and so and, and again, again, maybe that played into mm. the decision of where to put him. You know, the idea that he was maybe someone who could carry this. Um, I think he will. I think he'll be fine. I think we'll get back. A Bukayo Saka who's improved by this tournament, who you know d- grows in confidence and stature, um, and you know comes back a, a true international caliber player. Mm. I, that is my instinct. Of course, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe there'll be psychological repercussions that I don't foresee. But I just think, given everything we know of Saka, I I do think he will be able to get past this for sure and it might even become a motivating factor I, I don't think it's a good thing don't get me no, wrong no, no, I'd no. rather it exactly. hadn't happened yeah, 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 yeah. but if he if there's anybody <laughs> who can kind of carry that burden um, and sort of brush it off their shoulder I think it might be him and you know I, I, I really believe that what he showed in this tournament demonstrates a pretty special Character, mm. I, I think even coming on last night and affecting and influencing the game in the way he did, the fact that when Southgate changed it, eventually he put Saka in as his number 10. I mean, for a guy at 19 years old to be doing that um, in an in a international final is pretty extraordinary. For him to step up and take that penalty is pretty extraordinary. For Gareth Southgate to have the faith in him to do that mm. is extraordinary. And I think... Uh, an extraordinary person can survive this for sure. It is now incumbent on Arsenal to make sure that, you know, he does get uh, 
the time and the rest that he needs to process this. Because as much as we yeah. want to see this become something that he can he can grow from or develop from or, or you know, turn this negative thing into something positive um, without wanting to sound a bit fucking self-help wankery about the whole thing. But mm. the club do have to recognize that he has gone through something difficult, something that will be... Uh, hard to get over uh, and something that may well and we've seen it already and, and just very briefly obviously you know he's been and he and Sancho and Rashford have been the subject of the kind of abuse which um, is just I don't know what to say about it other than it's just completely and utterly disgraceful and unacceptable and mm. social media companies are not the cause of racism but do not do anything close enough to to deal with it on their platforms uh, and I think that's worth pointing out this morning. But Saka needs some time off. He needs a holiday. He needs a rest. Physically, emotionally, he has to be taken care of by the club, by his friends, by his family, by the loved ones. And and Arsenal have a responsibility to him and his career. And we look at the opening fixtures of next season and we see Brentford and we see Man City and we see Chelsea and we... We find it difficult to envisage an Arsenal team getting the results that we might want without a player as good as Bukayo Saka. But uh, what we have to do is is take care of him for hopefully years and years to come, not simply a couple of games in August where we're you know parachuting him back in without sufficient rest, without enough time to to deal with all the stuff that he has had to deal with at this tournament and last season where he played so much for us uh, at 19 years of age. Common sense tells you that there needs to be, how do you put it, like a, a, a care package or a care plan put in place for him to ensure that, that he does come back fit, healthy and ready to go and, and to pick up where he left off. Yeah, and of course that's mental as well as physical yeah. too. I think... You know, he's going to need a holiday and all those England players will deal with this in different ways. From what we know of Saka, he's not a guy who's likely to, you know, hit the booze in (laughs) some Greek island for a couple of weeks. But he will still require space and time to process this and to get over it physically. Mm. I mean... It has been a real, not just a long season, a really long protracted period of football, um, and I think, I think to be honest, he can get a pretty substantial rest and be involved pretty early near the start of next season. I don't know exactly what the timings will be, but I think, I think that's possible. But if it's not, mm. I think we have to understand, be understanding and appreciative of that because, you know, when you've got something special. Um, you have to protect it sometimes too. And I think he's at a point in his career where maybe he needs a bit of protection. So mm. hopefully, I, and I think Mikel Atata is probably mindful of that as well. He's been speaking to Saka pretty regularly throughout this tournament. And I think, um, I hope anyway, he'll be very conscious of that and want to, you know, keep a, keep an arm, a protective arm around it, put him in a bit of bubble wrap for a few yeah. weeks, certainly. All right. Well, look, I know you're pressed for time and you've got to go. So thank you for, um, you know, being here this morning in what I understand are difficult circumstances for you and England fans, um, you know, to come so close. Uh, it's okay. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of quintessentially England, really. I mean, you know, 
<laughs> we probably talk about Italia 90 and Euro 96 more than 66 in this country. And there is something a, a bit like, you know, with a bit like, uh, I think it's the Joker says in Batman, he's, he's like a dog chasing a car. He wouldn't know what to do if he caught it. And I think <laughs> there's something of that to England fans and in international tournaments, you know. Um, as we walked out the stadium last night, I kind of thought, well, of course we didn't win it. It's England and it's mm. sort of part of the thing. But it's been a hell of a ride nonetheless. And um, yeah, I'm very proud of the team, proud of the manager and proud of uh, Bukai Saka especially, who really just showed what an impressive young man he is throughout the tournament and last night. And I don't think a missed penalty will change that. Not at all. Well said. OK, look, we'll let you go, James. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Thank you to James. You can find him on Twitter at GunnarBlog, at GunnarBlog, and of course, writing about Arsenal in The Athletic. So there you go. That's it for Euro 2020. It's done and dusted. Commiserations to England so near yet so far. Congratulations to Italy for winning the tournament. And I think in general, it has been a pretty enjoyable tournament overall. Uh, I know that this morning uh, it might not feel like that for, for England and England fans. But I think throughout the, the few weeks this has been on, we've all enjoyed the football. It's been a handy distraction from some of the other stuff that's been going on. Now it's over. We turn our focus as much as possible to what's going on at Arsenal. And preseason is underway. Preseason games are starting to get underway. We've made a signing. We're expecting some more signings, new players to arrive. So that's all the stuff that we will be covering on the blog, on the podcast, and uh, all the rest. So look, as ever, thank you very much indeed for being here with us. Thank you for listening, subscribing, downloading, and all the rest. Um, I'm not quite sure what the schedule holds this week. We'll try and do something on Patreon for our Patreon members, but an Arsecast regular on Friday, as usual. Until then, folks, take it easy and tell Bakayo Saka you love it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.